All right, guys, welcome to the Equip Podcast, a brand new podcast put out by Cornerstone Church of Ames. It's designed to help you live faithfully in this world and fruitfully for Christ. My name is Mark Vance. I'm the lead pastor of Cornerstone Church and pumped to start this new podcast. I'm joined today by James Pusey. James is director of all things art and communication at Cornerstone and also just a dynamically good interviewer and an all-around generally great person. So James, (laughs) welcome to the podcast. Appreciate you, buddy. Thanks, Mark. Thanks. Um, Yeah, this podcast is actually something we've been talking about for a while, having kind of another channel of communication outside of our Sunday mornings because there are there's a lot of life that we can't speak mm-hmm. to during a Sunday morning teaching. Um, and so, yeah, at this point, we're at a unique time yeah. in our culture, yeah. in our society. We thought this would be the right time yeah. to introduce this channel. So, Mark, speak to that. Why now for this podcast? Yeah, I mean, the coronavirus situation across the country is something that all of us are concerned about. And so our hearts, our prayers, every it's like it feels like every bit of mental focus almost is set on, oh, my goodness, what is the latest stats of the coronavirus, all of that. And it's a huge challenge for churches. I mean, we're basically in the business of gathering large groups of people in small spaces. And that is something that out of love for neighbor, we really should not be doing right now. And so, James, you and I have been spending an awful lot of time this past week just asking the question of what are the ways we can serve people and we can continue to push truth out. While we can't gather, we need the truth of God to ground us in these times. And so whatever means we have as Christians to use, we want to fruitfully use. And so it seemed like... uh, We'd been test running the podcast a little bit privately, but it was like, okay, uh, now's the time to get out of a test and get something out to the world. And so I'm excited to get started on this. And I think this unique time, there's some unique needs for truth to be shared. Yeah, for sure. So right now, Mark, a lot of people are self-quarantined, following the direction of our government, of our Mm -hmm. leaders, um, Mm -hmm. to stop the spread of this virus. What, What do you say to our church right now who's scattered all around, um, man, what is the need of the day for our church to hear right now? Um, I've been thinking a lot about Psalm 1 in these days. Psalm 1, I'm just going to read a little bit of it, James. It says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway of sinners or sit in the company of mockers. Instead, his delight is in the Lord's instruction. And he meditates on it day and night. And this is the verse that I think is so important right now. Says he's like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does, prospers. So the picture is of a person deeply connected to God, to His truth, who is actually like a tree planted with roots into a stream of water. So there's constant life flowing to, into the stream to sustain the life of the tree. That tree planted deeply. The picture is you need deep roots. For a long reach. We've said that on staff team here, that our desire to be ambitious to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ necessitates that we have deep roots into the person of Christ. If what we want to achieve for God publicly ever exceeds our practice of love for God privately, then we're in a place that is really bad. But I think in difficult times, you can see it this way. In order to survive difficult times, you need deep roots into Christ as well deep roots for difficult times, to be a person who flourishes in whatever season you're in, whose leaf doesn't wither, 
you're going to need deeper roots than just a superficial relationship to Christ. And so I think there's all sorts of like public health practices we need to engage in to love our neighbors. But I think more than anything, our neighbors in our world need the church to be the people who are deeply resting in the love of God, deeply grounded in who they are in Christ. Hmm. So how do we do that? I have found myself over the last few days or the last week um, knowing I need to read my Bible, but yeah. also feeling so distracted and just Absolutely. tense, just tight, you know, as, as I'm reading it, I'm reading, you know, on our reading plan, we're in uh, Deuteronomy yep. right now. And so it, it's hard to see the connections. And I'm just so quick to look at my newsfeed and just, you know, I've got the Today Show going in the background, just like, oh, what are they saying about coronavirus? How do we, how do we dig those roots right now? Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm in the same place. I'm almost scared to see my FaceTime report for this next week. Because I don't know how many times a day I'm checking the New York Times coronavirus site, like checking the new numbers coming online. So I think that there's, I think a measure of that is right, good, and necessary. That actually there's something that is really important to do right now in terms of being aware of the public health crisis. Now is not a time for Christians to live ignorantly. So what I don't want people to hear us say is like, quit listening to the news. No, actually, you probably right now need to be um, informed in what's going on in the world to live faithfully. But I think that there's a deep priority that we live as the people of God in this moment. And what that means is we live as the people who are children of our Father, so we have to have not just an idea in our head that says, I know I'm loved by God, but I have to have practices and habits, repeated patterns of life that reinforce who I am as a child of God. Andy Crouch, we shared this article, James, with our staff, right? That um, was called Love in the Time of the Coronavirus, which yeah. we'll link to that in the show notes. It was just an incredible reflection on what this moment needs to mean for Christian leaders and for the church. He said this, and this paragraph has stuck with me. He said, All of us have a primary responsibility in these times as leaders, as far as it depends on us to be well-soaked, rested in prayer, and in contemplation of God's Word, free from personal fear and anxiety. We need to start and end each day as children of our Heavenly Father, friends of Jesus, recipients of the Spirit. Like That phrase really got me, James. Like hmm. I thought, okay, what was the first thing I did today? And I know what the first thing I did today was. I grabbed my phone and checked what had happened. Yeah. What's the latest numbers? So mm -hmm. I started the day. Did I start the day primarily as a child of the Heavenly Father, friend of Jesus, recipient of the Spirit? I think I actually started the day primarily as a person who is a purveyor of news. Hmm. And I think I need to be informed, but I, I think identity precedes information. Like who I am is the filter I need to understand what the world is. Who is my father in heaven needs to be the filter I see the news through. Hmm. How does he give me the spirit needs to be the lens through which I view all of life. That doesn't mean that we're like ostriches and we bury our head in the sand. It means that we interpret all of our life through an identity in Christ that doesn't move. Mm. And I think that the temptation is to reach for my iPhone before my Bible. 
Mm-hmm. And right now, I think for the Christian church, the biggest thing our world needs actually is for us to be the people who are Bible first, iPhone second sort of people. Mm. And that's really hard right now. And yeah. so I think you're going to need habits, rhythms, practices of life that you can live into when your instinct and your anxiety move you to run to the iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. Talk about that a little bit more because, yeah, one of the things that stood out to me from that Andy Crouch article was just the the opportunity that mm-hmm. this provides for the church mm-hmm. and for us as believers to to really live differently from the rest of the world. So what are ways that we as Christians need to be thinking differently? And I think, yeah, that first step foundationally is to be rooted in the Word of God primarily, not the news. The news is great information, but rooted in the Word what comes out of that? How should the Christian life look different in this time than somebody who is not rooted in Christ? Yeah, we don't know everything of what the future is going to bring because of the coronavirus. We know it's going to look different than it looked before. Um, I, since March, James, right now, I would typically be ramping up to drive my kids to like five soccer practices a week. To have weekends full of youth sports games, and we love those things. They're super fun. They're ways for us to get to know our neighbors. But they also, like, they take a ton of time, a ton of time. So the first thing I've noticed about like this whole 15 days where you're really working to limit social distancing is the extraordinary amount of time I had back that I didn't know I had. Like some people are used to an hour plus of commute. They're at home, right? Mm-hmm. An hour yeah. extra a day. And so whatever else we know about the way that this viral pandemic is going to reshape society, I don't want to miss the opportunity to hit pause and reset and ask this question. Like, I tried to do this when my grandpa died. I tried to step back, and as I looked at his grave, I thought, I have very few moments in my life that will recenter me more than watching someone I love so much die. God, when I die... What do I want to be remembered for? And I stepped back and there were a few major changes I made in my life because I saw differently that eulogy values mattered differently than the values I was living by. Mm -hmm. So you have these like jarring reset moments. This is a national reset moment. This is a collective corporate reset moment. And I don't want to miss the opportunity for the American church. And for me as a person to look in the mirror and go, is this really the life of flourishing that I'm supposed to be in? Like, is our mode of living in America really, truly flourishing in Jesus? So trials are painful, but they're refining. And so I, I want this moment of trial to be refining for us. I mean, mm-hmm. one particular way, I know this is true for me, is Dallas Willard, he famously said, um, if you want to cultivate a deep spiritual life, you have to be engaged in the, re- the ruthless elimination of busyness. Mm-hmm. That phrase ruthless elimination of busyness this moment is giving me the chance james to like look in the mirror and look at my calendar and go is that true of me Hmm. because a deep walk with christ isn't microwavable yeah it's not instantaneous i have to ruthlessly eliminate busyness and clutter from my life to pursue to pursue that which is supremely important and put into perspective what is secondarily important and I hope that this moment for the church and for me is a reset to do that, to say, okay, God, is my life 
actually lined up with the practices and values of your kingdom? Yeah. Or is it that this moment of like everything in life had to shut down, I can step back and go, huh, was this really the life worth living that I was engaged in? Is this really it? I don't want to miss that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. We have, um, we have so much time, many of us. I, I think I've never experienced a situation where in just kind of a snap of a finger, my mm-hmm. schedule just got cleared completely. Everything I was working on changed <laughs> in an instant. And yeah, it just caused you to take stock of what, what's actually important. All these things I was stressed out about are now, oh, I don't, I'm not going to that anymore. I'm staying home with my family. Yeah. And yeah, with this time, I mean, that's an opportunity that we have in in our homes to to concentrate on our family. What do we want our family yeah. to look like? What do we um how do we want to spend that time together? And there's going to be a huge yeah. temptation to spend all that time on Netflix and not do anything productive, well, but I mean, you know that one of the things I did, we were supposed to go on vacation with my family to Florida and my kids were so bummed. My aunt lives in Florida. We <laughs> wanted to spend time with Aunt Debbie, but we didn't. So I felt bad about it. So we'd had a TV that I, like the remote control had quit working three years ago and I wouldn't replace it. And then the buttons started falling off. So I had to like put my fingernail through like a hole to turn the TV on. It was kind of ridiculous. And so basically I was like, well, I can't go to Florida. So I'm buying a new TV. Like that, that says something though, right? Like yep. <laughs> life got upended and I got some free time. Looks like somebody's got to get a smart TV with Netflix. I, I don't, like, I'm thankful for the TV. Yeah. Like even last night we set up like an automatic button where they can click it and it goes to the live stream for Cornerstone so they can watch it. But at the same point, there was like this moment of reflection when I'm buying this TV because I saved the money on vacation. So might as well get, you know, a giant entertainment tube for my face. And it, but it was like sh- striking to me that that's the first thing I mm-hmm. reach for. Like I reach for a pacifier. Mm-hmm. I reach for like some anesthetic to like cope my anxiety with distraction. Yeah. And that was stark for me. Mm-hmm. It was stark. Like, but I think you mentioned kids and family. We probably should do a podcast on this actually yeah. on like, how do you cultivate just a real vibrant life for your family in moments where you're stuck at home for a long period of time? Mm-hmm. Um, how is it that you can seize that? I mean, w- one of the things Crystal and I did was we went online, we bought um, two new books. I asked our friends, Alex and Anastasia, who love to read, mm-hmm. and Anastasia works at the library, like, what set of reading books would be great? Because we've read Narnia, and we read Harry Potter, and we did some of that stuff. Mm-hmm. And so we got a couple recommendations for them. And so maybe we'll do yeah. a podcast on practices of life with a family. Sometime. Right. Yeah, I could use some resources. I got to two-year-old at home who's learning to use the potty right now. It's mm. Perfect timing Bit, for that. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but, yeah, we're we're going to we're going to need some help as a family, so mm. those resources will be great. Um, just real quick, what do you say to the person who is just gripped by fear yeah. and worry okay. right now in this moment? There's a lot that I want to say. Um, there's a sort of concern or worry that I think is super appropriate right now. We are in the middle of a global pandemic. And if you're glib about that and like, oh, it's nothing, you're wrong. Actually, you're you're not understanding this situation clearly. So all of us should have some concern. 
But worry of the type where I'm gripped by this every moment of the day, where it's paralyzing, where I cannot get out of this catastrophizing cycle of thinking that everything that's going bad is going to just keep getting worse. Um, There are more things to say about that. But what I want to remind you of is that your, your first antidote to worry is to reorient your focus to something else, to set your mind toward another object. And so this is where we get into habits or practices of life. So you need a rhythm of life where you don't just feed the fear and worry, but you feed faith and confidence. And so that's where like my morning habits, I I recently, James, I read a book called The Common Rule. We'll link to that Mm -hmm. one. Incredible. This best book I've read this year. It talked about constructing a habit of life where you have practices and habits of life that reinforce what you believe about God. So think of it this way. We all have habits and rhythms and practices of life. Some of them actually don't reinforce true things. When I am constantly busy and worried about everything and my calendar is completely full and I'm running here and there, that habit of busyness in life is reinforcing the belief that I am in control of everything, not that I rest in a Father who is in heaven who cares for me. So I might say theologically with my mouth, I believe that God is sovereign. He cares for everything. But if you look at some of the habits of my life, what they're really saying is, I think I control the universe. That's, that's where our habits have to reinforce beliefs. And so that book, The Common Rule, was asking the question, what are the sort of patterns and habits we could use to wrestle back worry, anxiety, fear, and stress and rise up faith and confidence? So he points out, um, kind of four patterns. He says, imagine it like a square, and we'll sh- we'll put this this diagram in the show notes, where the square on there, it's like four quadrants inside of it. One of the quadrants is about things we pursue to cultivate love of God, and in that he puts the daily habit of reading the Bible, and a weekly habit of practicing Sabbath. So in this moment of reset, Christian cultivate a daily habit of reading the Bible. And if you've never Sabbath before, now is the time to try a 24-hour period where you rest. Mm. So that's to pursue love for God. Then on the bottom quadrant underneath that, he says, what's something you reject to cultivate love for God? And he says, you need to reject self-sufficiency. So the habit there is three times a day, get on your knees and pray. Mm. And the weekly habit is Choose something that for 24 hours you fast from. So here's a challenge for people. This week, do a 24-hour fast of news. For one 24-hour news cycle, do not monitor obsessively the news. Maybe you just watch the 6 o'clock news just to make sure you're tuned into the world and you're safety conscious, but 24 hours fast on that. So then the other side of it are things you cultivate to love your neighbor. So he says to pursue for love of neighbor, he says, your daily habit, for me, he has different things. He said, the daily habit I work on for love of neighbor is an intentional 10-minute conversation with my wife every day. And then my weekly habit in that is one meal together with a friend, like an intentional meal with a friend. Now, that's going to be really hard with social distance. (laughs) Why don't you say one intentional meal with my family, where all the technology is not at the table and we're just focused on each other. Then the bottom quadrant, James, the last thing we'll talk about is what do I reject to pursue love of neighbor? And there he talks about how you manage technology. Hmm. 
And the big principle there, the daily habit, is dock the phone hmm. when you get home. And then the weekly habit is choose intentionally the TV or movies you're going to do. Don't just veg out on the TV. Engage with people. That's Now, I'm getting back to the worry question. How do I manage worry? My answer is don't obsessively think about worry. Instead, think what are the habits of life that would reinforce a way of seeing the world that is different. Hmm. So sometimes you're going to manage worry best by not thinking all the time about worry, but instead thinking, what's the daily habit of prayer, of scripture, of an intentional conversation with a loved one, of docking my technology? And what you'll find is the habit of life and the way of living, that all works against worry. So yeah. that's a long answer, but I think it's, it's helpful as a framework. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Guys, there are a lot of resources that were just mentioned there. We are going to have those available in the show notes. And we do hope this podcast continues to be a great resource to you during this time. We're going to talk about a lot of different topics that should help you in this unique situation that we're in as a society. Yep. Amen. You know, this is a time to cultivate deep roots in difficult times. Christian, don't miss the opportunity to hit the reset button and to remember, in a trying time, you are a loved child of God. Your first and primary responsibility right now is to start and end each day remembering who you are. You're a child of the Heavenly heavenly Father. You're a friend of Jesus. You're a recipient of the Spirit. Lean into Him in this trying time. Hope to see you back for the podcast next time. James, it was fun. Appreciate you, brother. Yep. Thanks, Mark.